When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Until the four-minute mark of the fourth quarter, which was the first time that Chris Collinsworth even entertained the possibility that Justin Fields could be A, good, or B, the quarterback for the Bears next year. Even though I don't think that either of those things is an extreme likelihood at this point. It honestly felt like a 56-minute infomercial for Tyson Bajan, like saying that Justin Fields should study Tyson Bajan and could learn from Tyson Bajan. And, you know, this is how the offense is supposed to work. You know how this works. These broadcasters talk to coaches, and you combine that with Adam Schefter earlier today saying no one around the Bears was surprised about Tyson Bajan. In fact, one player in training camp said that they thought they had the next Brock Purdy on their hands. Yeah, I saw like, that. It, it felt like the Tyson Bajan PR machine uh, from inside Hallis Hall was out in full force. And listen, Tyson Bajan is an unbelievable story. I get why Sunday Night Football did what they did. Uh, D2 quarterback starting, West Virginia kid, world champion arm wrestling father, like a lot of firsts, a lot of never before seen in NFL history. It's, it's a good human interest story. I get it. And he gets the ball out quick. He's smart. He's got a lot of flight miles. He profiles out to be a decent backup quarterback. But you saw it. I mean, the, the, the Chargers came in as the worst pass defense in the NFL, and they could have easily had four interceptions against this guy. And they they scored seven points when the game was even relatively competitive. So he he is very limited in his upside. He's an unbelievable story. I think he could have an eight, 10 year career as a backup in the NFL and make millions of dollars, but the Bears suck. And Tyson Bajant is not the savior for whatever ails them. And I can't wait to, for Justin Fields to come back. And I hope it's next week against the Saints. But you know, for me, I think you're at a point where you would say the odds are he's it's highly unlikely that Fields is their quarterback next year. Right? Uh, mean, co- yeah, correct. I mean, but but it's okay. more likely that he's their week one starter than Tyson Bajant. Of course. But, okay, who has a better chance of being on the Bears roster in 2024? Well, Bajant's already under contract, as is okay. Fields. Yeah, so okay. They, so if they so how would you answer that? that? I mean, I think, I think, I think Bajant is. Right. So for me, I think you 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 hit it on the head. It, it, it seems like they're already sp- spinning the PR machine to lay the groundwork to draft the quarterback and trade Justin Fields. He becomes, in my opinion, one of three quarterbacks, current NFL quarterbacks, not college guys, who teams will look at as a franchise player next year. Fields, Murray, and Cousins, who are who we all know will be available. Murray will be available in a trade, same with Fields, and then Cousins will be a free agent. And those are three guys who will end up with quarterback needy teams who might not feel like they have a draft pick high enough 
to take one of the guys that are in college. And I'm intrigued by what those guys get traded for and who they get traded to. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo got traded in season from the Patriots to the 49ers. The the Bears would probably never do it, but shouldn't they be at least offering up Justin Fields to the rest of the NFL over the next 48 hours to see what he's worth? If they've already moved on and they're talking about how this rookie undrafted guy fits their system so well, well then see what Fields is worth right now. Why not? Here's the reason why you can't. What if the Bears in Carolina win a few games the rest of the way and you end up with the third and the sixth pick in the draft? And you you can guarantee yourself that you're not going to win a lot of games if you trade Fields and play this undrafted kid the remainder of the season. Dude, weird things happen in the NFL. Weird things happen. All that has to happen is you have to end up with a third pick in the draft as your top. So what's the highest pick you think they'd get back for Fields then? Now or months from now? You think they'll get a first? No. No, I don't. I think if they were offered a first, they would they would fly him private right now. Would they take a second for him? I think they would, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think they would. Uh, especially in the off season. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they could do it right now. Like I said, because on the off chance that you don't get Drake may or Caleb Williams, you can't go into next year with only Tyson Bajant under contract and field still. And all that goodwill he built up for what he did before he got hurt in the Vikings game seems to have evaporated awfully fast. Huh? Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy. He, he had eight touchdowns, no picks and over 600 yards passing in two games against Denver and Washington then had six bad drives against Minnesota, dislocated his thumb. Tyson Bajan threw for 160 yards in a win against Vegas and then did what he did tonight against the Chargers. And like 40% of the city uh, thinks Tyson Bajan's better than Justin Fields. It's weird. It's weird. Really All weird. right, let's get into the games because I don't really think there's a lot to be said about the Chargers. They they beat a team that they were clearly better than and their star quarterback looked like a great player tonight and that's it really i mean we don't yeah i mean eckler helps them a lot they're they're still dangerous if healthy and playing well but we know that something weird will happen to the chargers all right we got a lot of games to get to and i put vikings packers at the absolute top because of the aforementioned Kirk cousins uh rupturing his achilles to me that is the biggest story of the day what should the vikings do now that cousins is done play mullins and hope they go four and thirteen Okay, so would you trade I mean, Daniel Hunter? Hunter? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, because I, I think I think that's yeah, really that's interesting. an easy one. They're four okay, and, okay, you say it's an four easy and one. four, but well, I mean, what what you're saying? You're, what, what's the alternative here? Trade well, for a band aid quarterback. Trade for Ryan Tannehill. I just think it's no. I, I listen. I think that the week to week nature of the NFL, they were a clear seller. They beat the Niners. Then they're a clear buyer. They win the day, but their quarterback gets hurt. Now they are probably, again, they should be a seller. I wonder if they can pivot that quickly internally. Like, it's a week-to-week league. I agree with you. They clearly should be a seller now because of the Cousins news. The reports out of uh, you know the locker room where it was the quietest the reporters had ever heard a locker room after a win in the NFL. Cousins is a beloved teammate there and they were doing this without Jefferson like Minnesota's like offensive line has been better their defense had been improving like they were actually 
a significantly improving team that people thought were going to make some noise as an NFC wildcard this year. And now their season's over. I'll be fascinated to see if they actually pivot off of it and, and trade away a couple of pieces uh, in the next 48 hours. I'll be fascinated by it. Yeah. I mean, they're kidding themselves that they think they're actually, they were actually going to make noise before this happened. I mean, they're a gimmick defense that blitzes more than any team in the NFL to try to make up for their issues in other spots. I give them credit for coming up with something that makes them different, that makes them tough to game plan for every week because nobody else does what they do from a philosophical standpoint. So that's an improvement off of last year. But they're the Vikings. I mean, they're going to invent ways to lose games. This year, they've been horrible in one-score games. So if they thought that they were going to you know, catch lightning in a bottle and go 9-8 and eight and win a playoff game this year, you know, that was their ceiling. That's always been the ceiling with Kirk Cousins. He's won one playoff game in 13 in 13 years. I think it's going to be interesting if they'll talk themselves into bringing him back now. Like, are they going to look like, let's say the Vikings, let's say the Vikings do kind of limp their way to seven wins and go seven and 10. Are they going to try to get into the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes and run it back with him next year? That's what I like. I could see them talking themselves into it. And it's really bizarre. The pendulum on him swings so wildly from week to week that like his stats this year, are people saying he's a good quarterback again, as if they've never watched the guy check down on third and 11 in a playoff game. I mean, it's just bizarre how the narrative on him, people have amnesia sometimes and need to get reminded if he you know has a stinker last year, like when they lost to Dallas by 40 points. Like his numbers are good enough where people tr- trick themselves into thinking sometimes that you can win and sustain success with him as a quarterback. I got to be honest, uh, him doing this without Jefferson has been impressive. Did you have him throwing for 450 yards against the Niners without Justin Jefferson? Or no, the offense need, having 450 no. yards of offense, rather? No, I mean, I didn't, but like we need to have a new conversation about the 49ers and what's happened with them over the last few weeks. So a little yeah. bit of the shine is off that that performance for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you think it would be a good idea? Like, do you think it would be a good idea for Minnesota to bring him back and pay him another thirty-five million dollars a uh, year? No, no, I don't. I think that they should they, they should be ready to pivot. But I don't think that there are twelve quarterbacks in the NFL that are better than Kirk Cousins. Fair enough. Okay, so you've got the twelfth, or you've got the eleventh best quarterback in the NFL, yeah. and you're paying him, yeah, market value. I don't, I don't, I would not want my team to do that. I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I'm just saying this year, Kirk Cousins has been impressive. That's all. He, he has exceeded my expectations this year. I wouldn't want like, uh, I was talking with a buddy. Like, I mean, he's been Kirk Cousins, Danny. He's on pace to, to throw more than thirty touchdowns and close to five thousand yards. That's what he does every year. How is that impressive when that's what he does every single season, basically? He's got a rookie wide receiver as his number one guy right now. I Yeah, I, I told – and Hawkinson. Yeah. I mean, what does Jordan Addison have seven touchdowns already? He it's does. Impressive. I told you he was going to be good, and you didn't listen to me. No, you're right. You're right about that. All right. Uh, all right. I want to re- I, I want to ask a question here now. I haven't right, done fine. this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, it is 49ers and Bengals. You have here bigger story, Burrow looking good or Purdy looking bad. Okay, for the talk shows, for the national talk shows, it's clearly 
Purdy looking bad because there has been so much debate around him and what happens when uh, Debo is out and Trent Williams is hurt and he's thrown interceptions and multiple interceptions in a couple of games and he, you know, the clock is striking midnight, turning back into a pumpkin, all of those analogies. And I'm right there with them. I never bought in on Purdy. You bought in on Purdy. I never bought in on Purdy. I think that this is what is happening here. When you don't have everything perfect around him, he's looking like Mr. Irrelevant. But we talked about if the Bengals could survive the early season Joe Burrow injury, man. The AFC feels wide open. He looked awesome today. And maybe you'll tell me that you're not impressed with the Niners defense anymore and that it's not impressive what Cousins did and it's not impressive what he did. But he is scrambling. He is getting up and just like like emphatically like lowering his head, diving forward on, on third down run conversions. He had, what, four touchdowns today? Like Joe Burrow looked, to me, 100% healthy. And he just hung 31 on the Niners. We came into the three touchdowns. Thank you. We came into the year thinking that the Bengals could be a top five offense in the NFL, but then he got hurt and Higgins got hurt. This to me was a very impressive, like the Bengals still have dreams of winning a Super Bowl type of performance. He completed 88% of his passes. And I think at one point set a personal record for consecutive completions against what was the number one defense in the NFL last year for the first month of the season looked like it was on a similar pace. So I'm not going to say anything to denigrate what Burrow has done when I thought because of his calf injury, we were never going to see that guy this year. And so whatever, you know, whoever put hands on him, whatever miracle worker they brought in to fix that calf muscle, it's worked or he's found a way to manage it and play through the pain and be the Joe Burrow that has gotten them to back-to-back AFC championship games. So I am mighty uh, impressed with what he's done. And it does have me thinking differently about the Bengals. But I do think that the bigger story is the 49ers on a couple of different levels. Number one, I think that, I think that there's a chance that Purdy's going to get benched for Darnold. I just do. They signed, they signed Darnold on the first day of free agency the way that people who covered that team talked about him in camp, and then the way that people who know quarterback play talk about the potential for him in that system, I really don't think it's going to take much more. I think the leash is very, very short on Purdy. I think like all all the things that he got credit for, the quick processing, the sound decision-making, we're seeing cracks in that right now. And I think that Shanahan likes the guy that's behind him. So I don't think he's going to have a high tolerance or patience level is my point. So I do think we're going to see Darnold play at some point. I don't think it's going to be because of a concussion or an injury. Uh, The second thing is, you know, if, if, when the, the obituary is written on the 49er season, if it doesn't end in a Super Bowl, you could already see it. They're going to blame Steve Wilkes for it. I mean, what Shanahan said after the last game to me, we didn't talk about it because it was a Monday night game, was completely unacceptable to say the defensive coordinator came to me and admitted he made the wrong call. You just threw your guy under the bus. Like, you could tell that there's a disconnect there because he comes from outside the organization. And I don't know if that's going to get fixed. Are they going to strip him of play calling and have somebody else who worked under him in D'Amico Ryan's takeover? I guess they could. But that just sticks out to me now that like 
there seems to be trouble in paradise with the defensive side of the ball because of a guy who I thought they brought in to make that unit elite. A guy that really might be a head coach in this league with the job he's done in Carolina last year. But I mean, that, 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 that to me reeks of like dissension, what's going on in their, in their coaching office right now.